What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. I'm Kelsey Cook. <laughs> and today <laughs> we have we have an amazing guest today. Uh, I love her so much, not just because she's one of my clients, but because she is such a brilliant person. Um, yeah. And. Uh, God, she gave us so much good stuff today, really. But she is a self-care and stress management coach. Uh, she's a mom. She runs, you know, a thriving business. She's going to be telling us uh, about like how to maintain and set boundaries during this time uh, while working from home, uh, especially if you have kids, whether you're, you know, a single parent, you have a partner, all the things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really just enjoyed that. Uh, you, with her. Yeah. You put it so well, Tay, where you were like, like the second we were done interviewing her, you're like, I want to go implement everything she just said right now. Like she gave so many good pieces of information. And I feel like we all just lost all this structure in our lives with quarantine. And she just gave a lot of really brilliant tips on how to bring that back and have boundaries. Yeah. She, she amazes me because she's like somebody who can run her business, take care of her kids, maintain her self care and like, you know, she's very open about doing it imperfectly, but she is able to do all of those things. And like, yeah. that's something I am for sure striving for just to be able to like, right, this is the boundaries I have for my business. This is the boundaries I have with like, you know, friends, family, my partner. These are the boundaries I have with my self-care. And I think she just manages all that beautifully. And uh, I get why she's such a successful, you know, stress management and self-care coach because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Did we say her and name a- yet? Did we say oh, Justine? Justine Stones! Oh my God, <laughs> Justine Stones, everybody! <laughs> I mean, oh, Justine. This is why I don't. Everyone's like, who is it? Yeah, <laughs> it's me. It's Delaney Fish. It's Delaney. You just pop myself. up with a funny hat on or something. <laughs> oh. oh yes. So, uh, without further ado, please enjoy Justine Stones, everyone. You guys, I'm so excited about today's guest. Uh, She is an incredible self-care and stress management coach. She is one of my wonderful creative consulting clients, and she is such a great writer. You need to read every written piece of content that she comes out with. Read her blog. It is so good. Uh, Welcome, Justine Soames, everybody. Thank you for having me here. Oh, yes. So glad that you're here. And we're gonna be talking about setting boundaries during quarantine, which Justine is an expert in boundary setting. So a perfect topic for what's happening in the world right now. Uh, So Justine, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Oh, I would love to. So (laughs) I... (laughs) 
I am a slightly sarcastic first and foremost. I identify with that more so than being a mom and a wife and a dog mom, even though I am also those things. Um, (laughs) My background is actually in massage therapy. So that's what I did. Um, I did like high school, a year of university. I was like, this is not my deal. I just want to touch people all day. So became a (laughs) massage therapist. Um, And then I moved out west a while back. And since moving out here, I kind of started working more in the digital realm. Like I started as a virtual assistant, became an online business manager. And then after having kids really evolved into this kind of um, like a business coaching and consulting role. Mm. Um, So have been doing that for a few years, loving it. And then more recently started to really niche down the conversation on uh, self-care and stress management Um, And setting healthy boundaries, because as part of my postpartum experience, I had a mental breakdown, a loving mental breakdown, hashtag. Um, (laughs) And uh, it it forced me to really re-examine what I thought were healthy boundaries um, and set up ones that could adapt to life with kids um, and going forward. So once this, uh, you know, quarantine pandemic hit, I kind of found myself in a similar state as when like my boundaries kind of collapsed postpartum. Um, but I was more equipped to kind of deal with it. So, so yeah, it's yeah. like this healthcare background kind of fell into this like strategy and coaching side of things and has now really evolved organically into this, like writing and coaching people about managing their stress. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. And so yeah. Cool. It's like, cause, cause I suck at it. I am very <laughs> certified to tell people how to do it. what's so great about Justine is that she runs a successful business. She has kids. She works from home. She has like, like it could be the perfect storm of constantly having no boundaries. And like, you've been forced to set boundaries because you're doing all of these things at once in this environment that, you know, can be so easy to just kind of like lose your shit and lose everything. Um, So like, can you tell us like why, why setting boundaries are so important? Like what does that do for people to set boundaries? So I think that one of the most important things that boundaries does is it creates space. So it either allows you, they either allow you to hold space for somebody else's energy and needs, or they allow you to create space for your own needs. And so what healthy boundaries do, I think, is really nicely ride that tension between um, being mutually beneficial. What tends to happen, especially among women, because we're kind of wired to be people pleasers and to try and be nice, we're a lot more likely to compromise our boundaries for other people. But now when we don't have space to heal, then you break. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So why I'm so passionate about boundaries is that I found that, yeah, we're like, we're all kind of pushing ourselves so hard to try and make everybody else happy at the cost of ourselves. And instead of, you know, taking a rest day after a heavy workout so that you can build stronger muscles, we're just like running towards empty chronically. And so when we can create that space, it allows us to, yeah, emotionally regulate, heal, like, repair uh, any damage that we might have done to relationships when we were reactive. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I think that answers why I care about boundaries so that we can like love <laughs> ourselves and others. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, I think it's fascinating because you got to this place cause you know, we, you know, we've talked a lot, Justine now that like, you know, once you first had kids, that was like a whole new boundary setting between all right, taking care of the kids, running your own business, working from home, all that. And then, but you know, the kids would go to school or, you know, preschool or daycare, whatever you'd have that like little space. Right. So now everybody's home, right? Like everybody's home. The kids are home, (laughs) husband's home and every, everybody's going to kind of like, you know, start from scratch with how shit works now, uh, especially your boundaries. So like how in the world have you been able to set boundaries with everybody in your space? What does that look like right now? (laughs) (laughs) Very messy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I mean, in terms of a very like practical physical boundary setting, um, thing, one has been that like when my door is closed, the kids don't come in because I'm working and Mm -hmm. they suck at that, but we are practicing (laughs) every, I'm like on a call with my therapist and talking about how I can't get any time alone and I'm like crying and whatever. And then my kid comes running. He's like, mommy, what you doing? I'm like, I'm getting space from you. Thank you. (laughs) that um so yeah so to the 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 first best case scenario is that they um answer closed doors 
Um, but one of the things that I really struggle with in terms of like setting a boundary is that to recharge, recover, whatever, I'm very introverted and very sensitive to stimulus. So like loud noises will make me want to like curl up and die. Um, mm. Yeah. So I have to find ways to actually physically block out all of the chaos of having the kids around. Cause I have two boys that are both under the age of five. So oh they are just like balls so of energy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Catapult into corners. Like it's ridiculous. Um, so I actually created this like sensory deprivation room upstairs where like I put oh, in a room or a, like a room darkening curtain in front of a place that has no windows and I filled it with pillows and I put glow in the dark <gasps> stars on the top. Oh my god I love it. it. Got a new project. <laughs> it became this thing that it was like yeah when I need to like really get away it's like this is no joke mommy needs to pretend the world doesn't exist and I go and hide. Yeah. Oh, I fucking Brilliant. love that. That is so. Oh my god! You and made like an adult pillow for it, basically. One hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and it's like I am, you know, lucky enough that I have space that I can get away to. Maybe some people have a closet. Maybe you literally just have your bed. But like anything that you can do that creates an escape from whatever it is that's like mm-hmm. creating the increased stress response. Yeah. Um, because I find when there's a lot of that stimulus, it's like, I can feel my heart rate increasing, my muscles get tense. And it's like this, um, inability to think rationally starts to set in. So I actually mm. have to have quiet to hear what I'm thinking and feeling so that mm. I can have an appropriate reaction. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's actually something that I found with massage therapy as a like, how this all ties in. Mm -hmm. People often think of massage therapy just as the touch feels good, but what it is, is actually physically disrupting the increased stress response. So it's like making your nervous system calm down. And that's when people would, again, kind of have these like mental and emotional breakthroughs where it's like they could hear themselves think for the first time. Mm. Yeah. So what I really try to do is bring that practical stress management practice from a really clearly boundary place like a massage therapy room and help people create that in whatever chaos they're living in right now. Mm. Oh, I so badly want to make one. I'm gonna, yeah. Half my closet is just going to be <laughs> covered in beautiful things. <laughs> Shoot, it's my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing I've heard on this podcast in a long time. I'm already like, I'm going to put up my Christmas tree in the closet and I'm going to put up sheets. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. It's the best. My friend, uh, after college, she used to have what we called a fairy corner in her apartment. So it was like kind of similar, but she also used to make like big giant, before coloring was like a cool thing to do, she would do these giant cutouts of fairies and just like color them beautifully and plaster them across the wall. And it's like, yeah, just creating that like play and wonder and creative expression that is literally just to make you feel safe. Yeah. Yes. I actually did that in college in one corner of my bedroom because the artist way talks about that if you're going to like tap into your creativity, it's so much about how you felt when you were a kid. And I had become really just focused on like work and was having trouble doing that. And so um, I think my mom still had some of my like childhood bedding. And I think we had like, like a beauty and the beast sheet or something like that. Anyway, I had like tacked something up and put like stickers from when I was a kid, all this stuff around just in one corner and a little desk. And I would go there and try to write. And it was a lot easier because it was just like, okay, this is not supposed to be like this militant just typing on my laptop every day. It's supposed to be yeah. fun. I'm supposed to be looking at this as like play, not work. And it was really nice. I love exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Yeah, I try to make my like my workspace feel a little bit fun. You know, it's like I like a pretty candle next to it and some, you know, like cute looking things. Just, you know, still very minimal, but just to make me feel like I'm living my best life while I'm getting shit done. You know, Um, it allows you to do that gear shifting too, which like when those boundaries between like work and life, for example, become really blurry, it's nice to have something that helps you. um, Yeah. Just like switch gears to get your brain in the right place. And even in terms of like creating the safe space. So one of the things that I've really like wrestled with in this boundary setting practice is how do I set boundaries that protect me so that I can heal because motherhood brought up all of these things that I didn't realize I had packed away. Like I thought I dealt with all of my childhood baggage and it was just like, Oh no, there's a moldy layer underneath that the mom got to. And now <laughs> that's light. So like, this is yeah. great. But now I'm also trying to keep you alive as, as in my children. And yeah. the more aware that I become of the healing that I have to do from my childhood, the more that I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> So as I'm like creating these spaces for myself, I'm trying to also really encourage my children to create these spaces in terms of like, we got them bunk beds and put sheets around it. And it's like, when you have big feelings, it's okay to feel them. You're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be frustrated. You're never allowed to take it out on me. You're not allowed to take it out on your brother. Like you can go to your room, you can scream into your pillow, you can like dance around. Like there's all these healthy ways that you can release those pent up feelings that don't do damage to someone else or to yourself. Will you be my mom? I know. (laughs) You're such a good mom, Justine. Oh my God. You're just (laughs) hashtag woke. Okay. That's that's, uh... world's most (laughs) adequate mom. (laughs) No, but so much better than suck it up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really bad at playing with though. Like my kid will be like, oh mom, can you like pretend this? I'm like, no, I am 30 fucking two. Like I am <laughs> I know that is not hot lava. Go talk to your brother. Like oh my god. <laughs> double edged sword. <laughs> Don't that do that, Justine. Don't diminish what a good mom you are. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just take the compliment. That's <laughs> right. As a woman, take it. Yeah. That's such oh, a female okay. thing to do to go. Actually, no, I'm a shit mom and <laughs> I shouldn't have even. <laughs> but it's really funny though, because it's, uh, there's, so there's a, a therapist who's Vancouver based. Her name's Hillary McBride. She's brilliant. If you haven't explored any of her work. Um, and she recently had a workshop in town about, um, emotional regulation when you are parenting because again it's like when my children are acting out especially now because in quarantine like they miss their friends they're bored they don't understand what's going on like my kid keeps asking me um I was watching the good place and I'm like oh it's about the afterlife he's like is are they there because of the coronavirus there are no follow-up questions like <laughs> oh my god oh. Um, but yeah so so we were talking about when they do act out and and trigger my emotional reaction, which is my shit, not theirs, there has been more than one case where I do lose it at them. You know, like I mm. yell, I have to remove myself. I've done something that feels like acting out of integrity with how I want to show up as a mom. And so when we use healthy boundaries to navigate the tension of relationships, as an adult, we have equal responsibility to show up and mend broken fences. But in the parent-child dynamic, the onus is completely on me to repair. And so Mm -hmm. what's been modeled like to me and to a lot of people that I know is that our parents didn't have the tools to help us develop that emotional regulation. So it was often, you're fine. Like, suck Mm -hmm. it up. From Again, from a place of love, they didn't know what to do. Um, But so now it's like, I'm, yeah, trying to use this conversation around boundaries to figure out how can I safely express the way that I need to so that I can heal so that I can repair the relationship with my children because I'm trying to model it for them to go forward. You killing it, man. (laughs) I'm I'm like... (laughs) Just a tiny task that you're, you're just, trying to tackle. Yeah. I'm just trying to raise myself. Oh, yeah. 
Um, didn't you also say that you're a fan of noise canceling headphones too, Justine, to like with boundaries setting? And- I was just going to bring that up with like, even if you don't have kids, if you are in a relationship living in a small space, like yeah. that has been a game changer. Kane and I had had so many fights about that before noise canceling headphones came into our apartment and it's made a huge difference. Mm. It was actually also something that um, when our first, like our eldest was born, my husband got a good pair of sound canceling headphones because when they're babies, they just cry for no reason. Like it just period the end, they're developing their lungs. And I would become so agitated by it because I was biologically wired to, but he would put on sound canceling headphones and just hold the baby. And he's just like, well, he's clearly fine. He's alive, like whatever. And so that created... for him the boundary to deal with the thing at hand and I could leave the house because otherwise I would just cry as well yeah um but yeah so I use sound canceling headphones now and what I run into because I have a very busy brain there's often like a background voice that's constantly playing and so I have to occupy that voice and so when I'm working this is a really embarrassing like habit that my husband discovered is I put my sound canceling headphones on and I sing Oh my god, yes. (laughs) I'm like embedded in these spreadsheets doing research and like just belting out Taylor Swift. He scared the crap out of me the other day in the middle of that. But yeah, but it like helps to yeah, create that distance and distract my anxiety and allow me to breathe so that I can calm down. This will make you feel better. Kane was recording his podcast and I put headphones in. And I thought I was like way far away from where sound could pick up. And I didn't even realize that I had like started singing along to what I was hearing. And then <laughs> that episode came out and he told me after he's like, by the way, like you can hear you singing in the back of our <laughs> podcast episode. And I was like, what? Like, oh my God, I'm horrified. Also, like, I'm so sorry that I caused any noise. And he was like, yeah, I don't know what you're thinking, man. Like we have like a one bedroom apartment. I don't know like where you think you were singing from, but it for sure picked up. I was like, oh God, I felt really bad. That's so funny. <laughs> What were oh, you singing, God. Beyonce? Ariana Grande. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> close, close to Beyonce. <laughs> Taylor Kelsey, do you have any? I have obviously more questions as always, but do you have anything that you wanted to like ask about your own boundary setting or ask Justine about? Um, I was curious about. Okay, so you talked about that you had kind of like a breakdown after um, you had your baby. And then you started to feel, did you say you started to feel a little bit of that come back right now with the quarantine? Mm-hmm. So what, what specifically did you go, okay, so I'm having these feelings again, but here's what I learned from the first time that I'm going to apply to right now. Like what were some big things that made it easier this time around? Yeah. So I think that probably that that's a really good question, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, one of the things that I really learned the first time around was I had built all of these self-care practices into my routine almost uh, subconsciously. So whether it Mm -hmm. was like getting enough sleep or having alone time during the day or riding my bike, um, those were all things that I naturally did to emotionally regulate. And so after having kids, uh, all of those coping mechanisms were kind of taken out from under me, especially after my Mm -hmm. second child, because, um, you know, my husband was working all the time. We didn't have childcare, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so that's part of where under healthy circumstances, I would like feel the stress start to build up and then I manage it. And then I feel it build up and I manage it in the absence of those coping mechanisms. It's like, it started to stack. So how that began to express for me is it was like, in terms of, um, my mental health, I was having a lot of trouble sleeping. Like I was having a lot of insomnia episodes. I was really struggling to keep on weight. My mood was really low. And these were all things I would just kind of like dismiss. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. It's probably like, it's just stress, just stress, just stress. And then it got to the point that I started having like these intrusive thoughts and, but I still kept ignoring it. Um, and then it wasn't until my doctor called me out and was just like, Hey, like lovingly, you're not okay. You have to Mm -hmm. go downstairs, call your mom, get some help, blah, blah, blah. So all of that happened. I started slowly building back in the childcare, getting meds that worked for me, getting exercise, yada, yada. So now this time around, all of that stuff has been removed again. And what I started to notice was that my mood had started dropping significantly where it was like, I was just, I also sprained my foot, by the way. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sucks. So, yeah. So I was going for walks, but then um, in the wake of that, it was like, I would be 
laying down on the couch and feel like I was unable to get up, like not normal tiredness where your brain can say, Hey, get up, but like Mm. wearing thousands of pounds. And Uh. I would lay there and I share this from like a very proactively healing place. Like I'm in active conversation with my therapist, with my doctor, with my partner, all of the things. Um, but yeah, so one morning sign was like not being able to get out of bed. I was going to bed at eight o'clock at night. And then I started with these almost like passively intrusive thoughts um, where again, it wasn't like active suicidal ideation, but almost passively where it's like, it would just be nice to not exist. Or so mm. the way that those kinds of things stacked, I was like, that's a red flag. I need to talk to my doctor. Yeah. So that was the initial instigating thing on my end. And then okay. after talking to him, we did these assessments to check in with my mental health. And it was like, yeah, you know, you're right. And we do need to, you know, adjust your medication accordingly until yeah. your other coping mechanisms are back in your life. Oh, kind of like yeah. shift balance into, yeah. And that that's, sense. yeah. And that's the way that I really understand those like, um, like stress management techniques is that we have arsenals of tools that are available to us at varying degrees at different times. So when I can really, like before this had happened, we were starting to talk about decreasing my meds, which was a big deal because I've been on them for like, I think it took two years to land on something that really worked. Mm -hmm. Um, So it felt like it was going to be a really big step forward to dial that back. But now we had to reevaluate and say, actually, we have to go in the other direction for now. Yeah. And so, yeah. Does that uh, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Oh my gosh, I relate to that so much. That that's how I've been feeling lately too. Is that you know you have these feelings of anxiety and depression normally when things are you know business as usual, and now you're feeling them and in new different ways that you didn't expect. And you're right, your arsenal of tools is like not there anymore. I mean, gyms are closed and. You can't leave your apartment really unless it's to go for a walk, depending on where you are in the world. And uh, yeah, I I completely relate to that so hard. And it's it's been very interesting trying to find either different ways to develop those coping mechanisms or a version of them within this very special situation uh, of like self isolating and self quarantining, um, or developing new ones for mm-hmm. the time being. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you guys hear my cat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, this is like my, like, this is what happens. This is karma from me singing in the background of Kane's. I'm sorry. <laughs> if she gets too loud, let me know. I just didn't want to like interrupt anybody, but she is very, very loud right now. Okay. No, it's, it's I, was, funny. <laughs> I was on like Voxer, which is like a walkie talkie app that I used to talk with a lot of my friends on the internet. And one of my friends was sending a message. She's like, can you hear my baby? She's crying. She's calling for me. I'm hiding from her right now. I don't think the cry is that bad yet. <laughs> We're all just like, that's right. You hide. <laughs> that is a oh, boundary okay. you've set with your baby. Right? <laughs> right. right now. It's not a healthy boundary to ignore your child forever. That is neglect. But for now, you can, you can ignore your child for 10 minutes if that's what it takes to put your shit together. Okay. That's right. Uh, I, I love, you know, when you, like, you've done so much work on yourself, Justine, and I feel like, you know, myself, Taylor and Kelsey, like, this is what the show is about is just like trying to, you know, um, get in touch with our true selves and we're always trying to improve and, you know, become better, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but like knowing what your warning signs are because everybody's are so different, like knowing like, uh, oh, I see what's about to happen. If I let it go. Uh, this is, you know, history will repeat itself. How do I kind of stop the pattern? And I love the fact that you're like, well, I know that I need to contact my, you know, my therapist or my doctor. I need to talk to my partner. I love that. It's like you have, um, I was on a call with somebody recently and I said something like, I, I'm trying to put together my anti-spiral toolkit right now. Where it's like, <laughs> okay, when I, when I feel like I'm spiraling, what can I look to and grab and like, what can help me kind of feel like a little more structured or all that stuff. But I've personally, like I've upped my therapy during this time as well. Um, I've upped my self care in a lot of ways where I wasn't doing it as much, you know, mm-hmm. for business as usual. And I think that's just so important. It's like, it's, it's never just kind of set and you're done. Like, okay, this is my routine now. I'm good. It's like always an ebb and flow with what's going on. Um, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's like important to know. Like, yeah, it's not really, it's gotta be, it's gotta be fluid. 
Yeah. And um, as much as, as much as I, I like, I think that we all love the, the idea, the dream that like, we're going to be out of this in two weeks. The reality is like, A, we're probably not. And B, this is probably going to kind of happen in waves. Mm-hmm. Um, not just now, but in the future, like we've seen whatever, whatever's emerging in the wake of the world coming to an end, if you want to be a fatalist. Um, <laughs> but, but it's like, as much as we have to establish this like pandemic readiness on a government level, let's say like at the farthest reach of your influence, we also have to be able to set up these like pandemic mental health toolkits that it's like yeah. the next time that this happens or like, yeah, just getting really familiar with like, what are my symptoms in a flare? What does it look like when I am healthy? Um, and then being able to adjust to the way that you're showing up relative to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, oh. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Did you guys have anything, Taylor Kelsey? Tay, did you have something? Oh, no, sorry. Other than just asking how to start the adoption process, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, I was going to say, you know, I know that, you know, there's a lot of single parents out there right now who are probably struggling with boundary setting, having the kids home while probably, you know, maintaining a job and all that stuff. And I know that, you know, your husband's home with you um, right now. But is there anything that you can kind of offer people who feel like they're doing it all on their own and they don't have a partner to kind of like, co-parent with or tag team schedules with. And I'm sure you've experienced this a little bit, just, you know, if you're, if your husband's at work and you're home with the kids while you're working and stuff, like what kind of stuff did you do in order to be like, okay, they're good, but I also need to step away and somehow make sure they're okay somehow. Like, how do you do that? Like, so when my kids were younger, it would be things like, um, I had to decide like the most important thing is that they are physically safe. So like at the ages that they are, if I look around, can anybody get a knife? No. Like, can anyone access anything poisonous? No. Can I put the younger baby into a pack and play and just like have that available to me? Um, And I would like practice saying with my kids, because one of the things is kids are a lot smarter than people tend to give them credit for. And you have to repeat things a ton, but they learn. So I had to start to communicate like, you know, mom needs a few minutes to collect herself. I need you to wait here. And so it's like, even if you are a single parent alone with the kids, like as I often felt when my husband was working all the time, you aren't alone. It's still you and the child. So it's like the most important thing is that you are both physically safe. And so look around. Did you do the things to make sure your child is physically safe? Okay. Communicate. I need to take a break. I'm going to come back so that they're clear on the expectation on the other side. Right. Do the thing and then follow through. And so it's like, even if, you know, if the child is old enough that they can follow you, they might bang on the door and then you do the sound canceling headphones for a few minutes. Like there's ways that you can kind of build in those layers of assuring yourself that you're still doing the most important thing because the voice in your head that starts to play the guilt and the shame and the, you know, like you're ignoring your, your kids. So you're a bad mom. None of that's an actual physical threat, but that's what your body's responding to in the moment. So to be able to remove yourself and say like, this is looked after and now I can look after myself, that's always an option to do. Um, But yeah, the big thing being that like you aren't alone in it, your child's there and the responsibility is to repair the relationship there so that they know they didn't do anything wrong. Right. Well, and even if you don't have kids, I know that we've talked um, before on the podcast about sometimes being put into like um, a caretaker role with um, a parent or somebody in your family and how important establishing those boundaries are 
um, you mentioned at the beginning, kind of like that space to take care of yourself, but that also gives space to be compassionate to the people that you love. So if your boundaries keep getting compromised and compromised and you aren't able to like have that time to recharge, you're not going to have anything to give to that person to be able to take care of them. So that's a hard thing also to learn when um, sometimes family members start getting to an age where you have to encounter that for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Justine, you want to share like your four R's concept? I fucking love this so much. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So Delaney was helping me uh, come up with this framework that I was going to do for a workshop that ended up getting COVID canceled. RIP. COVID canceled. Um, but <laughs> hashtag COVID canceled. Yeah. yeah. I was working on this like four hour framework of boundary setting with the idea being that you have two sides of the spectrum. One is the like healthy expression and one is unhealthy expression. So when your self-care has been so compromised that you are completely running on empty, like loving mental breakdown mode, that's retreat. And I look at retreat, not in terms of like spa, like bougie indulgence, whatever, but like you are an animal licking your wounds. Like you have to escape from whatever is doing the damage so that it doesn't kill you and you don't bleed out, you know? Yeah. And so it's in that, that we go to like, um, yeah, just like creating that space to just hear yourself think. Um, and then when you're kind of out of that first R into the next one, that's when you're in the recovery mode. And that's the kind of realm that you'll exist in on the day to day when you're healthy. Okay. So if you're like at stasis here in the middle, anytime that you feel your energy get depleted, you go into recovery mode. It's like, Oh, I need a walk. I need a funny movie. I need a hot shower, whatever. Yeah. When you're in a place where you're actually ready to give to people, when you know that like your yes is a full on yes, that's when you actually have reserves to give from. So the goal of taking care of yourself, filling your cup, putting on your oxygen mask is so that you have those reserves to give from. Why that actually matters is because this is like kind of on that individual and immediate community level. I believe that what so many of us actually want to do is change the world because it's a burning shitstorm right now and that requires <laughs> revolution. But again, if you can't even show up for yourself and your immediate family then and friends, like then you're not ready to show up for the revolution yet. So the idea is that we have to master taking care of ourselves and setting these healthy boundaries on the most basic intrinsic level so that we are able to show up in meaningful ways in yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's, Isn't that so yeah. good? I'm very, you. very well put. Yeah. He's fucking killing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and I'm only sweating a little. It's just shaking and sweating just a little. It's fine. <laughs> it was really good. I really like I love that. that. I, I, I love the example that you gave to me once, Justine, where you're like, look, if my, it's something about like when your kid does something, instead of just saying like, please just stop doing that. Like when you're working from a place of reserves, you can say, this is why I want you to stop doing this because X, Y, and Z, right? Like you can actually explain to them and communicate with them on a totally different level. Yeah. It's that I I can expend the emotional labor required to have that conversation. And that, and that shows up like not just with my kids who again are the most deserving of my time and attention, but then also with my partner who's deserving of my time and attention because love him dearly. He is a white male and like privy to all of the limitations (laughs) that perspective brings. So while that might be a very triggering, infuriating dynamic for me on a large scale, and I will not extend emotional labor for a white man on Twitter, I will extend (laughs) that emotional labor to my husband because he's in my inner circle. So it's like in the same way, these boundaries allow me to say like, I need reserves for you, my child, you, my child, you, my husband, you, my whatever, but I don't need to extend all of those other people who don't actually matter into my internal boundaries. Got it. I love that. That's so good. Um, I think uh, the last question I have for you, I don't know if Taylor and Kelsey have anything, but just like, what are the top three best things you've done uh, for setting boundaries that have maybe changed your life the most? And maybe these change a lot, but is there like top three that kind of stick out in your mind that could be takeaways for us as well as our listeners? I mean, like aside from that initial, just like creating physical space, I think that being able to stand up and say to somebody, the way you're treating me is not acceptable. Like I love you. And the way that you're treating me is not acceptable. Um, the, let me think that would be one, the ability to, to set a boundary in a relationship that because good boundaries will keep the negative out while letting the positive in. So being able Mm -hmm. to have boundaries and relationships that say, 
I can see you as a whole and wonderful and loving person. And that behavior is bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, Yeah. like, so, so holding yourself to that standard of saying, I deserve this, holding other people to that standard of saying like, whatever, um, whatever, that's really cohesive. And and again, like, I guess the, the third one just will consistently for me, come back to making space, space to hear yourself because, you know, what we really want is to feel this sense of belonging, but you can only belong when you're actually being who you are, you know, mm-hmm. instead yeah. of reaching for that external validation. And you find that by quiet, finding quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. So mm-hmm. true. Oh, Justine, you're awesome. Thank you for coming <laughs> on it. Yeah. That was so much good information at once. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it really was. I can't Jam-packed. wait to get off this call and apply everything. <laughs> yeah. I think. One of the like best things that I actually hear from people that I work with is they're like, I'm a really good integrator for therapy. Cause it's like with my work as a coach, it's like people go to their therapist, like once every, however, but then they have me along the way for like, okay, so this actually came up now. And it's like, yeah, that's, right. Up. Yeah. that's right. That's right. I love it. Well, Justine, where can people find you plug all your stuff? Yeah. So, um, first and foremost, sign up for my newsletter, which is called the Friday feels. It is the kind of email that you sit down with, with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a glass of wine, um, and really pour over. And if you are in the States, you can sign up by texting the Friday feels one word to three, three, seven, seven, seven. Um, that will kick off a little get you signed up thing. And if you are anywhere else in the world, you can go to bit.ly slash the Friday feels as in B I T dot L Y slash the Friday feels. Um, and then, yeah, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Justine Sones. I am funnier on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Love the honesty. <laughs> oh, oh well, thank you well. so much. Oh, yeah. well, uh, your quote. Why don't you, why don't you, the last thing, what's your quote? <laughs> yeah, okay. We almost forgot quote. I, I know. know. I had a lot of them. Oh shit. It was on my, um, saved Instagram. Shisa. Here we go. So it's by, uh, Sophie Haywood. And it's the older I get, the more I see how women are described as having God mad when what they've actually become is knowledgeable and powerful and fucking furious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So good. I love that. That's great. Love it. Oh, so good. Uh, Well, Justine, thank you so much. You're amazing. Love you. I'll talk to you soon. And And stay well. I hope your day doesn't suck. (laughs) Yeah, yours too. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye, Justine. All right. Loved having Justine on. She was fantastic. Oh, you guys. I'm making a pillow for today. I know. Me too. (laughs) Seriously, that's like the first thing I want to do after we're done podcasting. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's so fun. That's so much hygge right there. That's like the ultimate hygge, right? Right, dude. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we should like fuck up, like get like hygge going right now, and like really ramp it up right now. Oh my god, get some blankets and candles and just you know light it up it's hard because we can't go anywhere like i just now i'm like i want to buy a bunch of pillows but <laughs> i don't know how to disinfect them <laughs> well and also part of huga i think is that sensation of like you go from being out in the cold to like back in and then it's warm and it's supposed to be cozy but right now we're kind of like not able to have that contrast you're just like always in your home so true. yeah i mean it has been gloomy in la if not yeah. raining which has helped i think like yesterday it was pretty gloomy um you know the three of us were talking the other day about maybe i should save this for segments should we do segments real quick or should i read the itunes review first? read the itunes review and then we'll do segments okay let me do the itunes review first this is from a Connolly 138 And their review is, yes, this past month has been challenging on everyone. Podcasts have been an amazing outlet for me to either escape from or relate to the situation we find ourselves in. This podcast in particular fits that criteria through and through. I can't say enough good things about these ladies. Oh, there's four exclamation points. What a nice review. Thank Thank you, guys. Thank you. Feel free to go over and click on it. Leave us one. 
It's yes. so easy. Even I figured out how to do it. <laughs> no excuses. Took a minute. Yeah, took did. a minute. It took about six months for me <laughs> to leave a review on our podcast, but it did happen. We've been doing this podcast for almost like three years. Yeah. I think it'll be three years in June, right? Yep. Yeah. Holy shit. That's, That's so, so exciting. Cool. That's so Yay, cool. Guys. God, so many things have happened. Great, great stuff. Um, shall we get into some segments? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. What you got? I have a treat yourself based on I, I think I don't think we had this talk on the podcast. I think we had it uh outside when we were standing in the road very far apart from each other, <laughs> yeah. um, trying to socialize uh in this new normal, uh about how we need to give ourselves days off. Yeah. Even under quarantine. Yeah. Because we are, we are working. I mean, it's not what we're used to. I mean, Delaney, it is what you're used to, but (laughs) Kelsey and I in particular, like we're used to traveling and going up at night to do shows. And it's, it's been very weird and a shock to the system. And it's, it's very easy to like get depressed and anxious, especially when you're like, every day you wake up like, okay, shit, how do I stay how do I stay relevant and productive today? So I don't get depressed and, and how do I do that? And how I didn't get anything done today. And so yesterday, Sam and I just like, we did nothing all day. We woke up and woke up really late and we made breakfast and we watched TV and then we watched like three movies (laughs) and then we ate dinner and went to bed basically. Like we did not do anything. It's crazy how I did not realize how stressed I was. Um, And I'm sure it's part of why I was having like issues with my back this week. I was so stressed. And part of it is just, I've never posted this much. I've never needed to, you know, like kind of create my own, like you said, structure and and routine and opportunities really. Like that's kind of where we're all at. We have to create our own opportunities and, and stay relevant and busy. And uh, it was really, it was really weighing on me. And yesterday, just taking a day to not look at my phone even really that much. Yeah. I feel so much better today. It's oh, crazy. great. Yeah. yeah. You and Kelsey, I mean, you guys are probably in a, this weird space where like, yeah, even though you're, you're not flying around the country and all that stuff, it's like, you probably feel part of you feels like you're like resting and not doing a whole lot, but you're still working every single day, both of you. So it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like just taking, taking a full day, a full weekend away from that is huge because you don't yeah, really, yeah. you don't realize how much you're really doing until you like step away. Like shit, even though you have been staying inside, you still, you guys have still been having freaking calls with, you know, your team and like, you know, posting shit and creating content. And like, you guys have freaking book schedules still, you know, even though we're all at home. And so I think it's easy to like tell yourself like, Oh, I'm not even doing. I'm not even doing much because I'm not flying. I'm not, you know, transporting. I'm not on stage. I'm not doing all these things. But right. you guys are still. You guys are still busy, right? Yeah. So you still need that time, for sure. Also, we're doing things that we're not used to doing. I mean, Kelsey, I don't know if you feel like this too, but it's like, I, why am I spending so much of every day figuring out how to work Zoom? and uh, Squadcast and all these different websites and apps that we've never had to use before, uh, figuring out different ways to be on social media and and post things that people are going to want to look at and interact with and doing, you know, auditions for things maybe we wouldn't normally. I've done like several voiceover auditions in quarantine that I probably would have passed on before this. So it's like, you know, you're just, you're like, you're you're reinventing yourself a little bit because you don't know how long it's going to be that you have to be reinvented for sure yeah. yeah that's I guess that's my good shit is that I did my makeup video and it went on YouTube <gasps> today yeah <and> yay! <laughs> um, I actually had I had such a good time doing it it really was like um not stressful it was relaxing and um, I say in the beginning of it, it wasn't like um, really an instructional makeup tutorial this time. It was more just like a, uh, it's what they call like a chit chat, get ready with me on uh, on YouTube where it's almost like a solo podcast. So for like 15 minutes, I just like talked about kind of TV shows I've been watching and stuff that was going on in my life uh, as I did my makeup. So it's kind of like, hey, if you also want to do your makeup at the same time as me and get ready with me, if you're a dude, 
you want to shave your face or whatever the fuck, like, <laughs> just come, you know, you can put this on and hang out and we'll just like talk in the comments type of a thing. So yeah, it went up today and I'm just like happy that I did it because it is, that's part of this time right now is like, okay, well, you can't do the thing that you usually do. And so start doing other stuff you love and making it like adjacent to your career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my good show. It's on YouTube. You guys can go look it up. Uh, it's my channel's Kelsey Cook Comedy. If you search that, it should come up. Love it. Uh, I guess my good shit is I got myself. I think a lot of people who have listened to you know several episodes recently. I've been wanting to get myself a pair of just like slip on no laces walking slash jogging shoes, <laughs> and uh-huh. I did. That's what I got myself for my thirty. Dream birthday. big, Delaney. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I got myself. Happy birthday to me. I bought myself a pair of bright red, just slip on shoes because my whole, I mean, the biggest part of my day to day is like, I'm constantly trying to trick myself into taking better care of myself. Like I've just kind of accepted the fact that my go-to is not really, you know, always self-care. And so I figured, well, if I can get something that's easy, you know, to put on my feet real quick, that will, when I'm outside walking Maverick or something, will like encourage me to actually go for a little jog with them or something instead of like just putting my flip flops on because that's easy and near the yeah. door. Um, that will be a way where I'm like, okay, that will probably promote a little bit more movement in my day. So for sure. that's what I got myself, guys. That was my birthday Love gift. <laughs> this is big that Delaney purchased something new. This is massive. <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> that's true. Yes, it's from the uh, it's from the vegan uh, Skechers line um, that they have. It's super cute. I'll have to post a picture of them. They're nice. quite adorable. Very comfortable, <laughs> like walking on clouds. Hell yeah! Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it for today, guys. But thanks for listening, as always. Yeah. We love, love you. you stay safe. We love you. Stay safe. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys in a few days. Yeah. Join Patreon. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We love you guys so much. There are a few different ways you can support our show. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us move up the charts. You can also tell a friend about the show, post it on social media, and you can join our Patreon. It's where you can get bonus episodes from us and lots of really fun content, ways to interact with the show. That's at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And if you go to selfhelplesspodcast.com, that's where you can get links to all of our individual stuff. Delaney, where can people find you? You can find me at delaneyfisher.com. You can find uh, the online courses there, one-on-one creative consulting, watch my comedy special, and find Dicks by Delaney there. Perfect. Tay, where can people find you? You can find me on ttomcomedy.com for tour dates and links to everything else social media-wise. I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You guys can find me at KelseyCook.com for all my tour dates. My Instagram is at KelseyCookComedy. Twitter is at KelseyCook. Uh, please be sure to watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrist of Fury. I've had Delaney and Taylor on together. It was such a fun episode. And you can download and buy my album Savor It on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find comedy albums. We also want to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Lauren Mahoney, and our amazing editor, Emma Erdbrink. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.